0: You're listening to Comedy Central. February 22nd, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Ears Edition. Our guest tonight, one of the stars of Black Panther, and my movie mom, Lupita Nyong'o, is here, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) But first, but first, I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like as Donald Trump becomes more and more unwoke, Justin Trudeau is compensating in the other direction. (laughs) The only issue is the Canadian Prime Minister keeps going too far.
1: Canada's prime minister is
2: under fire over his outfits on his week-long family trip to India. Trudeau got called out today by one of India's most popular politicians. Omar Abdullah tweeted, Is it just me or is this choreographed cuteness all just a bit much now? Also, FYI, we Indians don't dress like this every day, sir. Not even in Bollywood. (laughs)
0: Justin Trudeau is the greatest. Like, what is he doing? Like, no, because you look at all the pictures, the Indians all look like they showed up for a diplomatic conference, and he looked like he was auditioning for Jai Ho. <laughs> what is he doing? Like, if this is what he does in India, I can't wait for the official visit to Italy. It's just like, it's me. <laughs> Now, now, some people in India thought it was really sweet that Trudeau was trying to embrace Indian culture, but other people in India were offended. But it was just like a tiny percentage of the population, like a few hundred million. And uh, you know what would be funny is if Trudeau tried to apologize, but he was still rolling a little too deep with the Indian culture, so he was like, as Canadian prime minister, I want to say I'm so sorry about what happened. But let's move on. Let's move on to the story we've been following all week. After the tragedy at a school in Parkland, Florida, lawmakers have been under pressure to respond to the children and parents affected by yet another mass shooting. So, last night, CNN rented an old WWE arena to host a town hall that brought together survivors of the shooting with their elected officials. And right off the bat, it was clear that the survivors and their families weren't there to play nice. Senator Rubio, I just listened to your opening, and thank you. I want to like you. Here's the problem, and I'm a brutally honest person, so I'm just going to say it
2: up front. Your comments this week and those of our president have been pathetically weak. Look at me and tell me guns
0: were the factor in the, the hunting of our kids in this school this week. And look at me and tell me you accept it and you will work with us to do something about guns. That, that, was a really powerful moment. And now, thanks to that father, we all know what Marco Rubio's face looks like when he's crapping his pants. <laughs> and that was basically how the town hall went all night. Marco Rubio got less love at this thing than a eunuch at an orgy. And like, <laughs> and like they've been doing all week, the teenagers who survived the shooting led the way. Can you tell me right now that you will not accept a single donation from the NRA
1: in the future? <laughs>
2: In the, name, in the
1: name of 17
0: people, you cannot ask the NRA to keep their money out of your campaign?
2: I think in the name of 17 people, I can pledge to you that I will support any law that will prevent a killer like this No, but I'm talking getting NRA money. No. you going to be accepting things things money from the NRA in the future? I have always supported, I will always accept the help of anyone who agrees with my agenda. But my agenda is also, I'll give you a perfect example. protecting us, right? Wow.
0: That was so awkward for Marco Rubio. He looked like a dad trying to explain to his son why he cheated on his mom. He was like, you see, you see, Cameron, sometimes a politician has needs. And uh, and when the NRA opens their wallet, it's so hard to resist. (laughs) One day you'll understand. Come on, Katie. And look, Rubio tried his best to explain his positions. But you could tell that he was totally out of sync with the rest of the
2: room. On the issue that you've raised about the background checks, relate directly to what you said about the, about the assault weapons ban. It's not the loopholes. It's the problem that once you start looking at how easy it is to get around it, you would literally have to ban every semi-automatic rifle that's sold in Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Okay, okay, uh... Okay, I see I just uh, made your point. Okay, okay, that was such an epic fail. Like, Rubio said the solution like it was the problem, yeah? You know what this reminded me of? It reminded me of the reaction a lot of men had to the Me Too movement, you know, when people were like, if we carry on like this, we're gonna live in a world where men can't even hit on their female staff, huh? Oh, that, that is what we want? Okay, okay, fair enough, I misunderstood. I, I misunderstood, okay. Now, now, usually, town halls are just an opportunity for politicians <laughs> to spin the narrative and get their own talking points out. But these kids, these kids held Rubio's feet to the fire so hard that they got him to do something that most conservatives hate, evolve.
2: I traditionally have not supported re- looking at magazine clip size. And after this and some of the details I've learned about it, I'm reconsidering that position and I'll tell you why. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm surprised that these heckling teenagers got Rubio
0: to change his mind. Like, maybe bullying isn't that bad after all. In fact, in fact, maybe that's how you get the rest of America's lawmakers to do anything. Move the floor of Congress to the middle of a coliseum, right? Yeah, and then best believe they'll start getting things done. And then every time they try and filibuster, we just be like, release the lions! And McConnell will be like, I don't wanna be eaten by a lion again. Come on, guys. Let's just figure this out. Come on. Hey, slow down, buddy. I'm all skin. Now, President Trump didn't come to the town hall in Florida, but he did host his own listening session in the Mar-a-Lago of the North, the White House. And for once, the president came fully prepared, even bringing a note to tell him what emotions to feel. See there, number five, I hear you. And you know what? I feel bad for Donald Trump. Because you know we would have never seen that note if he just had bigger hands.
2: We, would have, we wouldn't have seen those words.
0: But seriously, though, seriously, seriously, the, guy, the guy's a stable genius, but he can't remember to say, I hear you? It's a listening session. Like, I feel like Trump just brought the same notes he's been using every time he talks to Melania. Just like, Donald, are you having an affair? First off, let me just say... I hear you. (laughs) Now, yesterday, people mocked Trump for needing crib notes to sound like a human being, but to be honest, I prefer Trump using notes because when he doesn't use them, like today, he starts saying shit like this. I think a concealed permit for having teachers and letting people know that there are people in the building with guns, you won't have, in my opinion, you won't have these shootings because these people are cowards. They're not gonna walk into a school if 20% of the teachers have guns. It may be 10%, it may be 40%. And what I'd recommend doing is the people that do carry, we give them a bonus. We give them a little bit of a bonus. Man, America, America really is a special place. For years, <laughs> for years, teachers have been asking for more pay and politicians have said they don't have enough money. But now the president's like, uh, if you're willing to cap some fools, we're gonna make it rain, yeah. <laughs> And I I like how President Trump calls it a bonus, too. Can you imagine teachers after a shooting being like, oh, my God, I I can't believe I had to shoot someone. It's like, yes, it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. And that's why you've earned this Jamba Juice gift card. Here you go. Get yourself something nice. Like, there are so many practical issues with this plan that I don't even know where to begin. But honestly, it's not even worth going through them all. Because once you decide that Ms. Flenderson needs to be locked and loaded during English class. (laughs) You're not trying to solve the problem anymore, you're admitting defeat. And look, I I get that people are worried about school shootings. And I get that some people think that if teachers have guns, they can keep their students safe. But you do realize there are organizations that are training teachers to use guns, and it might not be the perfect solution that you think.
1: Drop your gun! This is the point of view of an elementary school principal firing at a mock gunman during a simulated school shooting. During this training, I saw one person shoot what would have been a student in a scenario. When you see that, does it make you second guess this choice to have guns in schools? No. It's an accident. We might take one, but we might have saved 30, 40 other kids.
0: Good Lord. America just went from no child left behind to sometimes little Timmy gotta get got. (laughs) Like, I'm just saying, if I was sending my kids to school, I wouldn't want the principal to have the same rules as Omar. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an Oscar-award-winning actor who stars in the hit movie Black Panther. Please welcome Lupita Nyong'o! Welcome back. Thank please, you. please take a seat. Welcome back to the show. Thank
1: you very much. So good much. to
0: have you, and congratulations. I've read numbers that say the Black Panther is on track right now in, like, nine days to cross $500 million. <laughs> are, are you as over the moon as everyone else that's watched the movie?
1: Yeah, probably a little higher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's amazing, amazing what this film has been able to do. I mean, we could not have predicted this, you know? Not only that the box office is quite handsome, (laughs) but, you know, the effect it's having on the world. I mean, for the first time, I've seen people uh, paying for other people to go see the movie and things like that. It's become this community effort, and that is incredible.
0: It it really has connected with people on a level beyond just a superhero, because... When you start with the basics, this movie is an amazing film. Black Panther, is, it's an amazing Marvel film. It's a superhero film. But you dig into it, and you see that this film is doing something that people seem to have been longing for for a long time, and that is showcasing different faces, showcasing different people. Was that something you were cognizant of when you were making the movie? Did you
1: go like, oh, this, this feels different, this feels special while you were making it? Oh, yeah, for sure. From the very start, when Ryan walked me through the story, I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is something that... I want to see. This is some. This is a dream come true. You know that um, we get to have a superhero that's African, right? And um, he's he's fly. He's badass. He's intelligent. He's got women all around him that are also badass. <laughs> <I mean.
0: laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and you know what? The women. I think that's that's the, that's the interesting part of the story for me is is I, I won't spoil anything for anyone. But the the women in this film aren't like, it's not women that are on the side, it's not women that are subservient, it's not, it's like, no, these women are kicking ass in different roles
2: in Wakanda. Yeah.
0: And they're all individuals, they all, you play, uh, I would say, the love interest and the inspiration in many ways to T'Challa. What, when you were playing this character, what were you trying to convey? What were you trying to give us when you were playing you know, your character?
1: Well, I think uh, what uh, Ryan really wanted to tell, tell a different story about about love, you right. know? In these kinds of genres, usually um, the, the love interest is being pursued and she's one at the end and she's quite the B-plot and right, she doesn't right. have an effect on like the main story. And Ryan really wanted to free us of that and show us a different look at what, what it means to be in a relationship and have agency in that relationship. So, you know, it's not your average love story. You right. know, Nakia has her life going on as well as her love. And that's such a refreshing image. And also to see a positive image of black relationships, right. you know? Where, yeah, like... <laughs> where the man... The man, um... Is present. The man is is interesting in what the interested in what the woman has to offer. The right. man um, relies on the woman, and the woman supports the man. You know that kind of healthy relationship, and where you can argue about and, and really tussle with real issues, and help each other achieve your goals outside of just um, your personal, intimate um, stake. Right. Yeah. And
0: I, I think there were a lot of people who were history buffs, people who study African culture, who said what they loved is Black Panther felt like it was a tip of, of the hat to African culture as it was intended, right. where people were equal, even though it was a patriarchal society, where people were going like, no, 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 women served a different role at some point. Women had more in different cultures.
2: Yeah. When,
0: when you played your character, and when you have Danai Gurira, who's also amazing yeah. in the story, you guys are badass. And, and there is a scene that touches on something I, I thought was a rumor, but I found out it's true, and that was no one had straightened hair in the movie. Oh, yeah. No one had, you know, the hair that it was, like, like, with a, a curling yeah. iron on their hair.
1: Why, why was that so important? Is that something that's important? Well, I think it, it goes back to what is um, innately uh, considered beautiful on the continent. You know, before the advent of the white man, black people on the continent were doing all sorts of things with their hair, right? right? So the idea of extensions and all that, that is not new. But the kind of shaming or... Um, rejecting of kinks and curls is new, and that right. did come with the white man. Right. And so in this story, Wakanda is a country that's never been colonized. They don't know the first thing about w- w- the white world. Right. And so they embrace themselves. They embrace themselves. They have their own sense of what is beautiful and their own sense of augmentation, and that's why you don't see any straight hair.
0: And, and you feel people connecting with this movie in, in, a, in an authentic... And also, I, I want to say, like, a, like a, a beautiful way, because it's not, it's not anti-anything, it's just pro. It's mm-hmm. pro, it's enjoying being yeah. black, it's enjoying all different aspects of being black. Yeah. I've noticed people in the streets becoming Wakandans. Oh,
1: yeah. Which is my... <laughs>
0: yeah, like, Roy, like Roy, for instance, went, went out to a footlocker, and then when he was done, the guy was like, have a good day, brother.
1: <laughs> and he was like... This is like people people are doing this now in the streets. Have you noticed any of that? Oh my god, yeah. Yes. So yesterday I took a walk. It was such a beautiful day yesterday in New York. And so I was undercover and um, I I took a walk to the park and I came across this group of teenagers and they were all barking like (laughs) mbaku.
0: So they were doing, there's like a
1: gorilla. like, it's, it's a gorilla tribe that's powerful,
0: and there's, right. there's like a, the, the epic, like, the hoo, hoo, hoo,
1: Exactly, and they were doing that. And, and I was just so amused, and I was giggling to myself, and they were like, oh, my God, and one of them hadn't seen the movie, and they were like, you gotta see the movie so that we can make memes and gifs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was incredible.
0: Is it, is it a little bit strange <laughs> for you you were in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Right. People would come up to you and be like, "Oh, Lupita, that was amazing. That was a fantastic portrayal." And now you're in what was supposed to just be a superhero movie, but it feels like for this movie, people are asking you the deepest questions about blackness and oh. African culture. And does yeah. the movie fix every single problem that black people face? And <laughs> will this earth, you will this fix the errors of the past? And the- <laughs> Is a little bit overwhelming and, and
1: lopsided it, for you? It truly is. And I thought, okay, I did 12 Years a Slave, and the kinds of questions I got with that were deep. And, you know, I had to f- almost, like, study before I did my press tour. And then with this, I was like, ah, this is easy. It's just a superhero movie. You right, know, right. just talk about, like, lifting weights or something. But then the questions are extremely deep, and people are really relating to this on a very deep level. I feel like I need a Ph.D. just to, like, answer
0: people's <laughs> questions. Right. <laughs> And you did, you did lift weights, though. You did. Did. Let's <laughs> talk about that. No, you did lift weights. You, like, you, you trained... How many months did you train to fight for? Was-
1: well, it was... I was training for about four months before... Like, we, hand-to-hand combat. Uh, well, first of all, just in New York, conditioning and right, getting my right. body ready for boot camp. And boot camp was six weeks before we started filming. And we trained... First of all, it started for... It was, like, four hours a day. And then I was like bonking. I was so tired. And then I was growing too buff. And so they had to take it down to just two hours a day. And yeah, they were that like, was oh, very. There's intense. two Black
0: Panthers in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> too strong, Lupita.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to. Because I couldn't fit in my clothes after a little while. Right. Because yeah, my, my, my arms were just like. Stones, and I was just like, okay, this was not the idea. I don't need to take up more seats of the screen, you right. know. And that's just like tone it down.
0: Uh, I, I, I would be remiss if I let you go without speaking about news that came out yesterday. Uh, apparently, you agreed to produce and star in a film about a young South African boy and his mother. Yes. Uh, First of all, I, I wanted to say thank you. I mean, like when, when we when we first spoke about the book as a concept, you were like, "I love this book. I love the story. I love everything about it."
1: Well, you uh, don't even, you're not telling the truth because the truth is, I was on the set of Black Panther, and I got the book. I pre-ordered it, got it, I read it, and I sent you an email, and I, I said, "Trevor, please, would you do me the honor of letting me play your mother?" <laughs>
0: I was like, I don't know if it'll work out. (laughs) And then she sent me a pic of her muscles. I was like, oh, that's my mom. Yeah, that's my mom. (laughs) That's my mom. You can do it. I'm excited. Thank you for everything you're doing. Black Panther's amazing. You are phenomenal. We'll see you here again. $500 million. It's going to be a billion dollars. We'll see you in the sequel. We'll see you in everything. Lupita Nyong'o. Thank you. Black Panther. In theaters now. Lupita Nyong'o, everyone. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.